Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Crying out to God, 1 Samuel 7, 5, 6, 8, and 9. I will pray to the Lord for you. Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, and pray that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. This is the first prayer, prayers by Samuel in the story. A nearby people, the Philistines, have grown in power. They decide to wage war on Israel and were winning all the battles. The Israelites' response was to bring the Ark of the Covenant into battle, believing it would turn the tide. It did not. Not only were many Israelites killed and the nation defeated, but both sons of Eli were killed, the prophet, and the Philistines captured the ark. When Eli heard the news, he fell over and died. The prophecy about Eli and his family had come true. He and his family were cut off from the priesthood. Yet even in the midst of all the loss, the author gives us a brief brief glimpse of the grace of God, the birth of a grandson of Eli. Though the punishment came, the family was not wiped out. Usually, in such stories of defeat, someone from God tells the people why the disaster has taken place, or someone cries out to God and God gives the reason. But not here. Perhaps the message is that God can do whatever he wants. He does not need to explain himself. Yet, having read what went on before this, it is not difficult to figure out why. The loss came because of the unfaithfulness of Eli's sons, Eli's lack of leadership over them, and the faithlessness of the people. They even treated the ark like some magic talisman which they could make God work for them, rather than praying to him about their situation. When we stop praying, when we fail to turn to God, it may be a sign that we have lost our way. Yet the fact that God allowed these terrible things to happen does not mean that he favored the Philistines. They rejoiced at the capture of the ark because ancient people thought that this meant that the Philistines' god, Dagon, had defeated Israel's god, Yahweh. The victors put the ark in Dagon's temple as a spoil of war. The next morning, they came to find the statue of Dagon toppled over. They set it back up, but the next morning it had fallen again, this time with the head and hands broken off. In fear, they moved the ark to another town. The people there began getting tumors and dying. So the Philistines gathered up some offerings, put them on a cart along with the ark, and hitched it to two cows. The cows began moving and led the cart to Israel. The priests came, unloaded the ark, and offered sacrifices that accompanied it. The ark would stay there until David became king many years later. Samuel is now the spokesman of God for Israel. Speaking to a defeated people who are under the rule of others, He offers a call for the nation to return to God. They must get rid of their foreign gods and follow God's ways once more. If they do this, Samuel says, he will pray for them and God will free them from the Philistines. A series of prayers follow Samuel's announcement. First, the people gather together and confess that they have strayed from God. The Philistines hear of the gathering and believe that the Israelites are preparing for battle, so they set out to fight. The Israelites cry out to Samuel to pray for them. These words are difficult to translate into English because the passage mixes two different Hebrew phrases into one. But the gist of it is this. The people are repentant 
They desire Samuel to pray for them. They want to hear them crying out. They want to ask Samuel not to withdraw into silence. They want him to cry out for them. Samuel makes an offering to God, and he does cry out to God. God answers his prayer, and the Israelites defeat the Philistines. The Israelites are free once more, and they have an effective prophet in the person of Samuel. There are a few things we can take from this passage about prayer. First, despite how far and for how long the Israelites strayed from God, he takes them back. God always wants people to turn back to him, no matter how long it has been and no matter how much wrong they have done. A prayer of confession and repentance is always appropriate, for God is the God who is always waiting for us with open arms. Second, there is a strong example here that asking others to pray for us is appropriate, especially when we've strayed from God. When was the last time you asked someone to pray for you because you have strayed from your path with God? Third, both the repentance of the people and the prayers of Samuel are described as crying out. Prayers in times of crisis, of our own doing or just of circumstances, are often described in this manner. Individuals in the modern Western world are often reluctant to be too demonstrative in our religiosity. Yet this runs counter to the attitude of many examples in the Bible. Pouring out our heart to God is a real emotion and it's appropriate. This doesn't mean that every prayer should be dripping with emotion. As we have seen, there is also a time for quiet, somber, and rational prayer. But some prayers, especially those in time of crisis, should be accompanied by the emotions that are natural during such times. God created us as people who can think and feel. We should not ignore either of those characteristics in our prayers. What might you have to confess today? Regardless of how we have lived our lives, there are always some things that we could have done wrong. Even peccadilloes, a harsh word, a selfish thought, a selfish act. Remind yourself that God always forgives. Maybe it is a worse sin something shameful that you do not even want to acknowledge. Whether it is something current or something in the past, God waits, smiling with open arms, to forgive, forget, and start anew. Then, ask someone else to pray for you because of your wrong. Choose something specific. Don't ask them to pray for anything you did wrong. Confess it to them and ask for intercessions. Thank you for listening. See the notes accompanying this podcast for more information. Learn more about the Praying Through the Bible Project on our website, prayingthroughthebible.com. That's T-H-R-U. If you are a subscriber, thank you. If not, please consider becoming one. Feel free to get in touch through the comments or on our website. Until next time, blessings on all of you.